You're listening to the Harold and Brad Windy City Filmmakers Podcast. Bonus footage. I need to pick up that book because I would like to figure out how I can get naked. You know, I can expose myself. <laughs> you know, you're, you're an actor too? Yep. You're yes. an actor? Okay. Yeah, that's how myself and Brad met back in 1998. We started an acting troupe uh, with about 25 other actors. And we used to meet in the basement every Saturday morning from 10 to 2 for a year religiously. <laughs> right. Yeah, like right right before I joined, I, I, I went to the pub. We were, had went to the theater troupe. We had formed a theater troupe. Then I left out, I broke out. And right when I left, I had audition for the pub. <laughs> so like I closed one door and another door opened, which, which was a great experience. Wow. So you got your, you, uh, you got a film degree at Cornell, right? Yeah, my undergraduate was film production, yeah. Well, to tell you the truth, I, um, it, it, it was about race. Right. When I was, I was pre-med and I took an acting class at Cornell and the first five minutes of the acting class is when I decided I'm going to be an actor. Right. So I had to switch from pre-meds into theater classes, but I just knew instinctively from what was on TV and what I saw on movies back then, you know, I'm a snob, I'm an African snob. I was <laughs> like, I'm not playing... I'm not playing a maid and I'm not playing a, a single mom who's on crack. I'm not playing a lesbian in prison. I'm not playing, um, you know, like yeah. there's certain things that all I, that's all I saw. And so that's why I, st I got my undergraduate in production because I thought, you know what? Um, before I even went to any auditions, I thought, you know what? If they don't write something that's like enough for me to do, if they don't write something that's layered and complex enough for me to enjoy, I'm gonna have to write. And if they don't shoot it, I'm gonna have to learn how to use a camera. And if they don't produce it and put it out there, then I'm gonna have to produce. So to be honest with you, I had no interest in producing or camera work or editing or writing or directing. I only wanted to act, but because of race, I just couldn't trust the industry the way it was back then. Yeah. There was no Netflix, there was no Netflix. So I was like, what, what are they gonna put me in? Oh crap, I'm gonna have to write, okay. <laughs> Like, so I studied film because of the issue of race. Um, I just didn't trust. And today there's there's a whole, the internet, there was no Netflix when I was in grad school. Right. So um, I'm happy that there's more work now, so I don't have to produce as much, but I'm still producing because there's still some stories that I think should be told. And if nobody's telling them, then I'll tell them. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And so you ended up uh, writing too while you were at Cornell. So you were writing uh, your own stuff at that time. Yep, screen screenplays. Yeah, because myself and Brad were talking while I was looking at your IMDb page. And I was like, uh, I see the directing, producing. I don't see writing credits. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Find somebody who writes and then, you know, you, you golden. <laughs> so and you were doing that yourself, too. Yes. Oh, OK, I have to explain that. This is going to sound really weird. So I, I, I interned at some big casting agencies in New York when I was in undergrad, like Bernard Telsey, Lefrac, you know, just big casting. And I just watched how they pick actors. You know, there's so many to choose from. 
they don't know where to begin. So one of the things I noticed was that the big casting agents and directors, they didn't like actors who did too many different things. For example, they could have two resumes in front of them. One of them could just say actor and have only acting credits on it. Another one might say actor slash director slash writer slash guitarist slash painter. And they would have a bias toward the one that only said actor. I noticed this. Number one, they felt like a little bit hesitant to work with an actor who also directs because they have a prejudice that this actor won't take direction well. They just assume that because this actor directs, they might try to direct my project while they're acting. So without even, and here's the ironic part, those two resumes, the actor who does eight different things might be a better actor than the one who's only an actor. I totally agree. But they won't totally know that. There's a bias. There's a bias. So there, there's a wisdom in knowing these things, these these elements. There's a wisdom because, you know, I, I studied this uh, book Robert McKee back in 2002, the, uh, how to screenwrite. You know, the the philosophy of screenwriting, and uh, it helped me uh, be a better actor because I know how a screenplay should go, turning the scenes and so forth. So if I read a script and the scene's not turned, I said, well, oh, okay, I need to come in this way. Uh, where's the climax and go out that way? I didn't learn that in acting classes, but I. I got a whole bunch of knowledge from that book. Like uh, as an actor, uh, it's a universe and I am the sun, you know, and uh, my my wife is the earth, for example. So I'll nurture her. My my son is is the moon and I'll be kind to him. And uh, my, my enemy over there, that's Pluto way off. So I, I've got to be cold to that character. Add those elements on top of the uh, elements that you use uh, when interpreting the scripts and so it layered my performances and you know it just made me a better actor just that one thing and then of course directing stuff uh no camera angles i teach now because of all of this knowledge i teach over at second city you know acting on camera and i'm teaching students how to perform in front of the camera so as an actor when i'm on set i'm watching and knowledgeable and quiet and following direction you know and and giving brilliance simply because I understand that everything surrounding me. Yeah. Yes. I totally hear you. I would say it's more about packaging. For example, okay, right. here here in Nigeria, I have two, two projects I'm trying to get sponsors for. One is a radio show about cybercrime. The other one is a documentary TV series about nutrition and food. Now, if I'm approaching the same sponsor and I have both of these shows, that's a bad idea. I have to approach them either with the food show or with the radio show about crime. If you, if, if I try to sell both at the same time, they will cancel each other out. So as an actor, it's good to know all those things. However, when you package yourself, I think it's good to only show less, like show that you're an actor, maybe a writer. But I think if you show that you're a director and you show that you're a producer too, those two in particular, director and producer, will make the casting people feel like you might not take direction, maybe. Right. And so, so it's all about packaging. Yes. And because of that, my resume says actor, and all I have on there are actor credits. <laughs> and it's like a writer. If you're a writer or a painter or a guitarist, that's not as disturbing. I just noticed that the ones that put them off the most was an actor who directs or an actor who produces. It's like this actor is a boss. Will they take direction? Right. That's some great information. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of like, because uh, based, you know, I have a pen name. And part of it was like, you know, going to the theater troupe that Harold and I went through, I kind of guess, I think I got viewed as the writer, I did a lot of writing. 
but I took my acting and directing it seriously, just as serious. So I came up with a pen name, my middle name and a name of another another director who I really liked their work. And yes, I remember that. <laughs> right, right, right. And I think it's the sense that uh, on one end, it's all about telling, telling the story. But to your point, like Johnny Depp said that himself, that actors are always fighting against being typecast. He was saying how early on he was always being typecast as the pretty boy. And so he was fighting against that. I guess he went maybe to the extreme. You take these quirky characters. And I think the same thing, you can't get typecast or they're an actor or they're a writer. They're that. And some people may shy away if you have multiple talents. Uh, but it's interesting. We, we interviewed uh, another guy, Monty Cole, last week. And he was saying that he feels that um, the industry is moving towards uh, people being multi-hyphenate, which is a good thing. But yeah, I think definitely always kind of fight against those challenges. I think some people may not like to think, and it's easier to put people in the pigeonhole people, <laughs> for lack of a better word, as opposed to seeing somebody's full potential uh, as being multifaceted, which is why always can be challenging sometimes. Yeah, I think packaging, packaging is the most important thing. If you're trying to get a writing job, don't talk about acting too much. If you're trying to get an acting job, talk, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to, to be good at eight things. Right. But wh whichever one you're trying to sell, that's the one you should be talking about, not all eight at once. Right. Yeah. If you're going out for a, a, a dramatic role, auditioning for that, send them your dramatic demo. If you're going out for a exactly. comedy, send them your comedy reel. Yeah, packaging. Totally agree. Right. Well, Cornell, they taught you a lot. <laughs> well, I actually learned that from DePaul. Our last our last trimester at DePaul, there's a woman, was it Janet Lauer? The woman who taught us the business. She taught us how to yeah, audition. Right, yeah, yeah. She's the one who told us that we have to put ourselves in a box because if they see you and they don't know what box to put you in, you might not get cast. Right. They need to know what you are. You need to package yourself to get a job. After you get a job, then you can start, you know, like trying to maneuver. But if you come in and you look like eight different types and they don't know what to do with you, you you are less likely to get a job than if you come in and they immediately say, bingo, that's the type. So this woman, she taught, she's the one I got this idea from, Janet Lauer. She said that she said we have to typecast ourselves. This is disgusting sounding. We just right. spent three years <laughs> learning how to act. No doubt. We just spent three years learning how to be artists. And at, right before graduation, this lady comes and tells us we have to put ourselves in a box to sell ourselves. Right. I was annoyed. But she had a point. She had a point. Totally agree. I mean, you know, I've done tons of different types of roles, but I know where I'm at when I'm there, you know, how to be when I'm in, in that space. So, yeah, typecasting. We've heard that for years. I don't want to be typecasted. I don't want to be type. You got to get in where you fit in and do what you do. Right, right, right. Break in. Yeah, after you break in, then you branch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like the idea that once you get in, that you can show your, you know, you can show, taste your chops. Like, uh, what was it, J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons, I think the actor is. He does the uh, the insurance commercials. That dude is a beast. Like, he, does have, he has chops. He plays such a wide variety of characters. And I guess he's kind of got typecast as being a character actor. But to that point, like, once you, once you, you know, when you get in, and then after you get in, because uh, like I had this conversation with this dude real quick. Uh, he had a panel. There was a panel here in Chicago. And he was saying um, just that how he's not going to get cast as the love interest. He's going to get cast as the big black guy next door who's going to knock somebody in the head. And part of me was like, uh, well, there's plenty of big black guys 
who ain't trying to knock you in the head, right? <laughs> right? Who have all the interest yeah. anybody else, you know, raising a family, so on and so forth. And I got his point to a degree, but he was kind of saying that, well, he's at least he's working and he's comfortable being typecast, which if that's the case, do you, do you. But I look at it from the standpoint, once you get in the door, you can start branching out. And especially if you're doing your own content. Cause like, for example, yeah. uh, my agent didn't see me as being a dramatic actor. They, they saw me as being more comedic. And I think I could do, do both, especially like a straight person doing comedy. I said, well, no, I've done some dramatic roles. And they came out and saw a play I did, uh, Jesus Hop the A Train, where I played Lucius, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And that started changing some minds. Yep. You know, wh- another thing I learned at DePaul was um, I-, I would um, I would like audition for things that, and our professors would give me, our professors would not give me roles that had anything to do with the audition I just did. So I asked uh, one of our professors, one of my favorite ones, I asked him, I'm like, are they casting me based on what I did during those three minutes? Or since they know me, they've known me for years, they see me walking down the hallway in my weird moods. Are they casting <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah, are they casting me based on how I walk down the hall? Or are they casting me based on what I did in those three minutes? And he told me the truth. He said, they're casting you based on how they see you walk down the hall. Yeah. That's what they think they know of you. Right. That three minutes, I can go in there and those three minutes be someone else. It won't matter. They'll be like, we know Linda. Linda's always got her head down. She looks depressed. She's heavy. She's dark. That's who Linda is. Not that hyper woman she just played for three minutes. Yeah. So like, um, that's similar to what you're talking about. Your nature, you're very happy-go-lucky on, you know, you're a friendly guy, you're polite, you, you get along with people, but there's a depth in you, Brad, that only people who, like, will have a meal with you or are your friends will ever see that. If they go by your audition, they might think you're happy-go-lucky <laughs> or just on meeting you up front. But right. if they spend a little more time with you, they'll see the depth. So that's the, the, there's auditioning during the audition, and then there's auditioning by just hanging out with them. Right. If they work with you on one project, they have meals with you, they start seeing your other facets, that's when you get cast in other things because we know, okay, this person did this on this show, but I saw this in him. And then they'll remember you for the next, you know what I mean? It just, you know, it all builds, it builds. Thanks for listening to the Harold and Brad, Windy City Filmmakers Podcast. Check us out on YouTube, and tune in again. Oh la la. Yeah.